Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, April 13th, and this is your FT News Briefing. We'll start today with an update on the green cell capital meltdown. The FT's Rob Smith is back to tell us about the widening political fallout. And a big-name cybersecurity technology company plans to float in London. Plus, U.S. states are hoping online sports betting will plug the revenue holes the pandemic has left in their budgets. There are very few things that you can do which will yield $300 million a year in tax revenues. And sports betting, mobile sports betting, is one of those things. But will it be enough? I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The ripples continue to widen from the recent collapse of Greensill Capital. Yesterday, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson commissioned an independent inquiry into the lobbying activities by former UK Prime Minister David Cameron on behalf of Greensill. This came a day after Cameron made his first public comments on the matter after more than a month of dodging media queries from the FT. Rob Smith is the FT's capital markets correspondent, and he's been covering the Greensill saga since the beginning. Hey, Rob. Hey, good to be back. Rob, just to get our listeners up to speed here, Johnson has been quick to go after Cameron, but what about the current Chancellor, Rishi Sunak? Cameron had texted Sunak, urging him to give Greensill access to a COVID loan scheme. Could this at all affect Sunak? Well, I think it's quite interesting because essentially a lot of the focus has been around David Cameron lobbying around getting Greensill on a specific COVID loan scheme. And that was rejected. But the Treasury did approve Greensill Capital for another scheme. So it did have access to government-backed money to help businesses out of the coronavirus pandemic. And what's really interesting is that Greensill Capital is now under investigation from the British Business Bank. So that's a sort of government institution over here, over how those loans were used. And what's incredible is that the Treasury revealed last week, they only launched that investigation after a Financial Times article in October, sort of revealing how these loans were being funneled into the empire of a steel magnet called Sanjeev Gupta. So it's quite interesting, like the, the Treasury can't claim to have nothing to do with Greensill. They actually did let them use public money. Rob, just remind me, who is Sanjeev Gupta? Oh, well, I mean, this is the reason like your listeners need to care about this story. Okay, so it's, it's not just a quirky story about finance gone wrong. There's like tens of thousands of jobs on the line. So Sanjeev Gupta in this country has been hailed as the savior of steel because he's bought up all these steelworks. But it's not just in Britain. It's in the US, Australia and France. He employs 35,000 people around the world. And Greensill's sort of financial engineering was really important to that. And what we've just sort of uncovered at the Financial Times is a lot of these financial products were linked to Sanjeev Gupta's invoices. So little slips of paper saying they owed money to people. Now, we've seen some of those invoices from one of his companies, and they said that he sold metal to some companies. So we rang four of these companies, and they all denied having ever done business with Sanjeev Gupta. So this has taken the story to a sort of whole new level of seriousness. People are trying to sort of work out what went on here. Was there fraud? Is there some other explanation? So this is sort of the latest bombshell that we've dropped at the Financial Times, and it's it's going to take the story to a whole different place, I think. Rob Smith is the FT's Capital Markets Correspondent. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. 
After the disastrous IPO of food delivery service Deliveroo last month, London may get another shot at a big technology listing. The cybersecurity company Darktrace said it planned to go public in London. The eight-year-old company uses artificial intelligence to detect and respond to network security threats. The IPO could value the company at up to three billion pounds, but the FT reports there may be scrutiny over its relationship with Mike Lynch. He's a tech billionaire whose family owns a fifth of the company. Lynch is fighting extradition to the U.S. over fraud charges related to Hewlett-Packard's purchase of Autonomy, the company he previously founded. Sports betting is taking off in the U.S. The Supreme Court struck down a federal ban on sports betting and online gambling outside of Nevada in 2018, and since then, 16 states have given approval to online sports gambling. The FT's U.S. sports business correspondent Sarah Germano says the pandemic has only made sports betting and the expected revenues more appealing. As we spoke with one banker, he said, you know, there are very few things that you can do which will yield $300 million a year in tax revenues. And sports betting, mobile sports betting, is one of those things. But it's not just states going all in. Professional sports leagues like the National Basketball League and the National Football League are signing deals with sports betting companies. And if it's any sign of the good times, the online betting and fantasy sports company DraftKings has seen its market value more than triple since it went public last April. Once the sports leagues and the operators realized how much money they could make through the legalization of sports betting, they quickly changed their minds about finding ways into it. A lot of the early estimates for U.S. market size, there was one estimate in 2018 that the U.S. market would yield $8 billion in sports betting turnover by 2024. And now that figure is closer to $20 billion. It has just far exceeded most industry players' expectations, even at the outset of the Supreme Court ruling. Where the sports leagues and the media companies come in is they have a vested interest in keeping viewers engaged. Most sports leagues make their money, the majority of their revenues, from their media contracts. And what drives media contracts is eyeballs. The more that leagues and media companies can keep viewers engaged, the greater benefit it is to them. And the thinking goes that if you can engage new viewers or younger viewers or different kinds of viewers from getting people into sports betting, even casually, that is an overall net benefit to the leagues, to the media companies, and of course, to the gambling industry. And the states, because the money that these leagues make then gets taxed by the states, which need that revenue to plug the holes in their budget. But is it enough? Will this be enough to plug those budget holes that the states are experiencing because of the pandemic? Well, it's hard to say if it will be enough. I mean, New York State is facing a $15 billion revenue shortfall this year because of the pandemic. It was one of the earliest and hardest hit states from coronavirus, and that effectively pushed the state's hand into incorporating framework for sports betting in this year's budget. To be sure, some estimates of the tax revenue implications for legalizing mobile sports betting is that it could yield approximately $300 million per year, which is, you know, a far cry from that $15 billion shortfall. But it is, you know, one of the potentially most lucrative ways to address that gap. 
So Sarah, what kind of pushback is there considering that gambling can become addictive and this could make it more accessible for people to gamble? Great question. Um, and as we, we spoke with people in the industry, they say that that is truly, you know, the million dollar question in this industry, which is at what point will there be a pushback um, to this rapid proliferation of sports betting in the U.S.? Because we're seeing that in the U.K., which is the most mature gambling market in the world, effectively. And the government there is undertaking a review of gambling laws. There is discussion about potentially limiting the ability of sports leagues from having shirt sponsors with gambling companies. There are discussions about gambling companies performing checks to determine affordability on how much individual punters can lose on wages. Jason Robbins, who's the CEO of DraftKings, told us, you know, they don't want to be in the business of enabling problem gambling because it's not good for the industry long term. Sarah Germano is the FT's U.S. sports business correspondent. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks. And before we go, a word from the head of Virgin Atlantic, Shai Weiss. He told the FT he's planning for a long-term reduction in business travel. He's expecting to see a 20% dip in business travel over the next two years compared with pre-pandemic levels, and that dip could even go beyond 2023. Airlines have reported strong demand for leisure trips, but a big question is how many of those lucrative corporate clients will be lost forever to remote working and video conferencing technology? Corporate customers would be a big loss. One estimate says business travel can, on some flights, account for 75% of revenue. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.